Welcome back to episode 39 of In the Shadow of the Evening 39. Trees. I'm Jennifer Von Ebers. I'm David Von Ebers. Dynamic duo. That's like one for every year of our lives. <laughs> it is. I never yeah. thought about that before. Yeah. <laughs> so we can stop now yeah. until next year when mm-hmm. we're 40. Exactly. And then we can do episode 40. <laughs> Uh, happy uh, almost mid-September yeah. already. Kind of crazy that uh, this month is going by fast. Yeah. As usual, the whole year has. Yeah. By the way, one thing just quickly as mm-hmm. an update, because we've talked so much about this story about uh, a teacher in Homer Glen, Illinois, who got yes. fired for reasons that are still a bit of a mystery. But um, I saw today that there is a change.org petition uh, that someone started to try to get the attention of the governor and the Illinois Attorney General. So I'm going to put a link in our little notes there. People can take a look at that and I would urge you to maybe sign it if you're so inclined to um, at least get, I mean, what what's frustrating about this story to me is that there's a lot of people talking about it and expressing outrage and so forth, but there's no um, sort of like official pushback. I mean, I don't know whether the guy's going to file a lawsuit or not. Uh, the ACLU hasn't gotten involved, to, so far as I know. Um, you know, there's been no comment from the governor or the attorney general. And I think we need to have some, again, there have to be some consequences to bad acts. So hopefully that might nudge somebody in the right direction. I hope so, because then it, people in other school districts, if they... Yeah are unhappy with a specific teacher that gets hired, will do the same thing right. and dig into right. their social media, whether it's good or bad, and then, um, you know, create havoc. Well, and, and I know we touched on this a little bit, but, you know, it's it's one of those, they're, they're people on the right are always using mental illness as a weapon, um, however it's appropriate. Like, if somebody goes and shoots up a school and kills a bunch of kids and teachers, they'll say, well, that person was mentally ill. It's got nothing to do with guns. And then this person, you know, made some honest comments on social media about their mental health issues. And it's like, oh, well, now that's an excuse to fire the person. Meanwhile, they're not going to do anything for anyone who needs help with their with their mental health. They don't want to, you know, actually spend the money to, to provide services to people. They don't want... Um, you know, mental health to really be treated on par with, you know, physical health in terms of insurance and benefits and things like that. So, you know, they, they weaponize this guy's honest statements about his mental health, again, from five years ago, but they're never going to do anything to help people who have mental illness. They're just no. going to, they're going to, you know, treat them as others, just the way they treat gay people and queer people and trans people as others. So, it's just more of the same. It is. So I hope that people will visit that site and uh, sign your name. Yeah, yeah. I just think something has to, you know, happen on some official level. The Illinois State Board of Ele- uh, Board of Education, or the governor, or the attorney general, should at least acknowledge that there's a controversy and that it needs to be, you know, somebody needs to look into it. For sure. Anywho, I thought that was a cat coming down the stairs. It's not. As they often do. Yes. One of our cats has been following me up and downstairs for the last five, ten minutes. So cute. But she's not here now. We've had quite the busy day. We did. Um, we um, just got a lot of stuff done, basically, which is good. 
Well, if you consider getting the oil changed in the car, getting a lot That's done. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we did that thing that, you know, I remember one of my older brothers used to say that he would always take his car to whatever car he had, you know, whether it was a new car or a used car, whatever. He preferred to go to a dealership to get the, his oil changed or any kind of minor maintenance like that rather than just going to a Jiffy Lube type place or whatever because, you know, they know the car and if you had a Pontiac, you go to a Pontiac dealer or whatever um, and and they'll be more, you know, sort of educated about what that car needs. This is the first time in my life, I think, that I've ever same. gone to the I dealership know. to get the I was going to say the same thing because anytime I got out of there, anytime I bought a car, I was just like, see ya, I'm not coming back yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. But the funny thing is we've had this car approaching a year yeah. um, and we only have 4,000 miles on it. And literally for the last six months, they've been sending us postcards. I get come, phone calls. I get texts. Yeah. Come on. When you guys come in, when you yeah. come in and everything, it's like, well, we're not over the, actually the, yeah. the threshold. So I wasn't too concerned about it, but uh, it was a, it was a lovely experience. It was nice. And, it was, and, and this was a, we have a Subaru. It was a Subaru dealership and uh, they, they picked up the first one. So it was free anyway. Right. And not to go into the, the details of the cost, but it really would have cost probably the same had we gone to a Jiffy Loop, you know, because they itemized it and then said, hey, it's on us. So in any event, no offense to Jiffy Loop. That I and they washed make... our car. Oh, and they washed our car, <laughs> which is always good. I did. I, it's funny, you know, I say I've never gone to the dealership before, but I had this old car. This, well, it wasn't that old. I had this car that I absolutely loved. And uh, I would bring it to a place in our hometown of Oak Park that had, that did, I mean, it was like a body shop. They did a lot of work, you know, if people got in accidents and then the insurance would pay them to, to fix people's cars if they got the, the fender was banged up or whatever, that kind of stuff. But they also did detailing. Yes, they did. And I would bring my car in there. And actually, it was not really It was not outrageous. But I'd bring my car in there, and they would they would wash it and detail it and change the oil. And I swear to God, it was like having a new car. It's when so I, nice. <laughs> I would pull out of that place, and I'd be like, I, I have a new car. <laughs> it's like when, when Apple updates the OS, and you your five-year-old laptop is like a brand-new laptop. And you're like... I don't need to buy a new uh, laptop now. We've had a lot of cars over the years, um, but the very first cars that we owned when we met were drastically different. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Well, for a couple of things, we we actually did a video when we talked about new our we first did. cars and stuff mm -hmm. like that years. Well, a couple of years ago, but my my first new car was. Um, a 1989 Nissan Maxima, which, you know, you'll be like, oh, yeah, whatever. But it was pretty cool at the time because before that model year, they were like these really boxy cars. They were supposed to be like luxury cars, but they were really boxy and, and not particularly attractive. And then and then Nissan decided they wanted to get hip, so they started redesigning all the models. So it was like a very kind of, you know, for that car, it was a pretty cool design. And uh, I, it was one of those things where I had, uh, I'd had to rent a car in Florida when I was traveling for work. And I always, you know, because of budget constraints, we always asked for the cheapest possible compact car. So I, had, I, you know, the car that I selected or that our travel people selected was like a, 
you know, like a Sentra or something like that. Um, and when I got to the airport in Tampa, they were all out, but they had a, they could upgrade me to this brand new Nissan Maxima. And you're like, yes, please. For free. So I drove it for like a month around Tampa and I'm like, <laughs> I'm buying this car. <laughs> this car's mine. <laughs> but the cool thing about that car was, number one, uh, we got it with manual transmission instead of automatic, which made it infinitely cooler anyway. And also, because uh, it was some like sports edition package that came with the stick shift version of the car, it had the the uh, the speedometer and the tachometer that would be um, that were had a white face with black numbers. But then at night, when you f- turned the headlights headlights on, they reversed. <laughs> so it was it was a black face with with white numbers that lit up. So that was extremely cool. <laughs> And I had... But that's not the car I had when we met. I no. Had a, I had a little uh, Acura Integra. That's right. Also stick shift. Two-seater. Or two-door. Well, no, it was... Two-door. It was it was a two-door car, but it yes. had a full back seat. It had a back seat. But it, I loved that car, too. That was pretty amazing, too. I liked driving that one. Yeah. That was also stick shift and extremely easy to drive. Very smooth. Yeah. Uh, that was a sweet ride. And my car that I had was a Geo Tracker convertible. Yes, it was. Bright yellow. <laughs> yes, it was. And did you get the manual transmission? I did not actually. No, I know that was yeah. the, that was what you you yeah, told me. Exactly. When uh, there was a reason for it, and I can't remember. Because they didn't have it available, oh. and I didn't want to wait for it. Um, because I uh, was dead set on getting that car, and uh, I needed it right away. Well, in the old days, the dealers, uh, now things are so weird buying new cars because there's so little in stock wherever you go. But in the old days, the dealers hated it when you ordered a car. I mean, they would do it. We ordered our that Maxima with the, with the manual transmission. We ordered that one. Um, but the thing, the thing about that, in, when we ordered that car, it was actually cheaper to get the, it was like $1,000 cheaper if you bought it with stick shift. And you know, in those days, cars were like $15,000, so $1,000 off was actually a And the pretty interest big deal. rates for car loans were high too. They were high, the interest yeah. rates were high, so, so saving $1,000 was actually kind of a good thing. Um, but, but you go, you know, because the dealers, they're, they're financing every car that's on the floor. And so there's if, if a car is on the floor and you walk in and you don't buy that car, but you order one to be delivered, they're still paying interest on the car that's on the floor. Yes. Because they're fine. You know, it's called a floor lease uh, and there are a floor loan or whatever they call it. But they're still paying. So you go in and say, yes, I would like to buy a car. But the only but benefit, none of, none yeah, of these. <laughs> all you're getting out of it is the commission. You're still paying your financing charges on all these other models that yes. are on your floor. So they hated that. So once we had our first child, um, we uh, sadly had to sell both of those cars because trying to cram a car seat in the back of an Acura Integra sports car yeah. and yeah. putting a car seat it, in the... It fit, but it was just a pain in the neck to get in so and out. It was so hard. And then obviously a, a convertible was not... Um, even if you had the top up, it just wasn't yeah. a, a very practical car. So, um, But your car was bright yellow. Did I love that thing so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, they're not making. They don't make them anymore. <laughs> well, it's funny because it was a Geo Tracker, and then because Geo was Toyota, and then Toyota for a while, I think they still sold the. They called it a Toyota. I think I may be wrong about this, 
But then they also had the, what was it called, the RAV4 or something like that, which was essentially the same car. So when they discontinued Geo, at a certain point, at a certain point, they discontinued the Tracker 2 and they just, in fact, when we were driving today, we saw a RAV4 and it was, it was an entire, it's an entirely different car now. Yes. It's much nicer. So yeah, it was uh, from one extreme to the next, the types of cars we had. But I do miss driving stick shift and, and we've talked about that before, but it, um, it was, you know, you always felt like you were cooler than everybody else because people could have more money than you. They could have better jobs. <laughs> but than can you, you drive this car? Right. No. They could have nicer cars than you. But if you pull up next to them and you're driving stick shift, they shrink just a little bit. <laughs> Is that one of the reasons why you married me? Because I knew how to drive stick. Was every that, was that I, I I think there was a point in my life where every single woman I knew knew how to, you know knew how to drive stick like all my sisters did do. My mom did. Um, I've had other uh, women friends. I remember being in college, and I can't—I won't—I wouldn't say the name anyway because it's uh, neither here nor there. But a, a f college friend of ours, who was from our hometown, gone to our high school, then went to the University of Illinois, where I went. She got a new—I I may be wrong about who got a new car, but there's a group of friends who were roommates. One of them got a new car over the summer, and it was stick shift, and you know, driving around Champaign Urbana with this—I can't remember what kind of car it was, but you know, it wasn't that uncommon. That's back true. Then. But no, I was impressed. <laughs> I will absolutely say I was impressed. But um, anyway, so um, we might be in the market. Well, we probably will be in the market for a new car because. Um, as I'm looking for a job, um, I mentioned it before several episodes back, I was uh, laid off in March, I'm still looking for a job, and finding a an at-home job that will pay me lots of money is is very hard to find. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing now, the trend is everybody wants. It's, it's funny, because when I got my job, like, th there was a trend towards remote work, you know, oh, we can hire people remotely and save on the costs of paying for office space, this, that, and the other thing. Then COVID came along and everybody had to work from home who could, you know, for a period of time. And now that there's the big push for everybody to go back to work. And I'm like, yeah, but in 2016 and 2017 and 2018, the trend was trying to figure out how to have people work remotely. And now you're trying to force everybody back into an office. Yeah. Or at least um, hybrid, you know, yeah. three days or four days in one day. And even if you have four days in and one day home, it's still not like, it's still a lot. Anywho. Well, and the thing is, like, you know, different people are, and I, th I know we've talked about this before, but, but I don't care because. Yeah, uh, you it's know, our podcast. Because I'm old and I'm senile <laughs> and I don't really remember what we talked about before. But anyway, um, the thing is, like, you know, I actually really like going into an office, and if we didn't live a thousand miles from downtown Chicago, I would prefer to have to go into an office, honestly. But that's me, you know, that's just the way I probably, it's not even about working efficiently, because I honestly think I'm probably more efficient at home, to be truthful, um, you know. But I just, I don't like, not, I don't like being cut off from, from people um, that I work with, right? Because you know, you do spend a lot of time sort of kibitzing when you're working in an office with people, and and not everybody likes that. Uh, more introverted people don't. I happen to like it, and that's kind of what I was used to. And even when I was working in solo practice, I was always going to court and seeing other lawyers, and I was meeting with clients and going to depositions and all that stuff. So 
I had my own office in either sharing with another lawyer or in our house, but I still was always, you know, interacting with people like face to face. So for me, I kind of like that. But on the other hand, you know, other people don't and other people work more efficiently from remotely. And I just think you got to figure out how to accommodate people. I do, too, because um, just like you said, for people who are um, introverted, just want to come in and put their head headphones on and just work and leave, that should be fine, yeah. you know, kind of thing and let people do that if they want to. And they don't have to participate in all the um, hoopla stuff. For me, I think if I get a job that's in an office where I have to go, it'll be weird to actually like think like I have to like be somewhere at a certain time, right. you know, kind of thing. Right. Where for three and a half years, have not had to do that. Um, so that part's going to be weird. And also to just be like the same thing in that environment when you just have not been around people in a work setting um, for the longest time. Because even when I was in Chicago and my things, most of my meetings were on the computer anyway because everyone was in a different place. Yeah, so right, um, right. when I came home, it was almost like the same thing that we've always done because I never got to see those people anyway. So Yeah, and, I, and there's nothing right or wrong with it. And I'm perfectly, I mean, at this point, I've done it for so long. And when I got this job, it was with the understanding that it was going to be and Full when time. we had to come home from COVID for two weeks, supposedly for two weeks, yeah, you know, kind weeks. of thing, right. I was like so excited because I was like, oh, yay, we're going to be coworkers. <laughs> and you're well, probably uh, like, oh, crap. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, it is nice. It is nice. But it's also, you know, it's a mixed, there's trade-offs, right? Yeah. And nothing is really perfect. I'm, I, I accept the fact that this is the job I have and this is the way it's going to be. And my company doesn't have any kind of like local office where I could go. So it's not an option. And that's fine. You know, if, it, you know, they have a big office, for example, in New York and another one in Minneapolis and in some other places. If we lived in an area like that, I would probably prefer to go in at least a, a, a sometimes. Right. I think. Though, for me, I've gotten so good at, I mean, I had the advantage coming into this job where I had been in solo practice for like 15 years. And so, you know, I had learned, I, 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 by the time I started this, I was already in this sort of mentality of, I'm the one who has to get it done. I have to start at a certain time and make sure that you meet deadlines and you get things done. So I was already in the mind for, mindset of somebody who would work remotely the nice thing about having this job is it was a regular paycheck, whereas before it was more like, you know, <laughs> as I like to say, you eat what you kill. Right. Um, <laughs> which is not 100% ideal. I would also like to point out the fact that the whole time we were working um, at home together, we still um, were adults and we got dressed. And, yes, we did. Um, and we got up nice. at a regular time. And, I did my hair yeah. and makeup and everything. And, I um, did my hair and makeup. You did, and uh, which is kind of funny because so many people just assumed, obviously from videos online, that everyone who works from home is on their bed in pajamas or just working, you yeah. know, on the couch and stuff like that. But neither one of us um, liked to do that. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. I miss wearing a suit. To mm -hmm. be honest with you, I was um, I had a conversation that we were at a wedding, a family wedding, a year ago. And one of my brothers um, has had, you know, a similar thing where some parts of his career he's been working in, in an office in a corporate setting and other parts of his career he's been self-employed, um, like as a consultant and that sort of thing. And we, it wasn't too long after we had gotten back from, from Ireland on the first trip. And I 
we were talking since we were at a wedding, we were wearing suits and everything. And we were talking about how I, you know, I like, I just prefer to wear a suit. And I said, when we were in Ireland, we were walking around an area where there were a lot of, there were some law firms and there were um, some, you know, like embassies and, you know, those kind of offices and everyone every guy was in a suit and i'm like man i missed that <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I i really enjoyed that um and he was commiserating because he felt the same way <laughs> yeah because a lot of offices now are um casual um when i when at my old firm Obviously, there's people who like to dress up that did, but people wore jeans and a T-shirt as well, you know, so it was just kind yeah, of like... And, and it depends on the nature of the work, too. For sure. I mean, you're working in an architect's office. Um, you know, it's a creative field. I, I'm not surprised that people are going to dress a certain way. Plus, there might be times when you're, like, physically going to mm -hmm. a construction site, and you're not... You probably don't want to be... In. I've worn a suit to a construction site as a lawyer, <laughs> been working on... You know, on cases that related to a construction project. And, you know, you can, obviously, you can do it, but it's probably not ideal. And the people working on the job site really probably do not like seeing some dude in a suit <laughs> walking around on their job site where there are dangerous things. Don't touch that. Yeah. <laughs> can I use the bailer? <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, but, you know, like in law firms, people tend to dress casual, you know, unless you're you know, going to court or you have True. some client meeting or something like that. But it's it's still a different style of dress than sitting in shorts and a t-shirt at the computer, you know. So there's still some kind of like mental thing where, you, okay, I'm getting ready to go to work now. And um, I did get to go, I did get to go into the city and go to a meeting this week and meet, I actually met some lawyers from Ireland, which is pretty cool. Very cool. Whole, and you got to wear a suit. And I got to wear a suit. <laughs> And a tie. And a tie. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing is like a lot of times people wear like the suit without the tie. That's fine if you're not going anywhere. But I figured, I mean, I probably could have gotten away with dressing down a little bit. But I kind of figured this was a, a panel discussion about Irish law and Irish courts and everything. It was interesting. But I figured, especially because when I saw the way people were dressed in Dublin, I'm like, Everyone's going to be dressed as professionals. Yes. It wasn't just men, of course, or women too. But everyone's going to be dressed as professionals. So I figured I should do that. And then, sure enough, virtually everyone there was either wearing a suit or the woman woman's equivalent you right, know, right. Of, of that sort of dress. And there were a couple of judges in the audience and that sort of thing. So it was nice to, to do that. So you dressed appropriately. I dressed appropriately. And I was. I have to admit I was happy to have the opportunity to do that. But I also think if you are having meetings um, on the computer too, especially if it is for work, you should try to look nice, you know, yeah. and um, even if it's just for your coworkers, I, I just think it just sends a message of like professionalism. You care about yeah. your job and um, stuff like that and you show up to work. And in my job, you know, most most people, I, well, I, I, wouldn't, I think everybody does. You know, if it's in the colder weather, they might be wearing a sweater or something like that. But people tend to wear normal clothing. It's uh, far. I mean, we we have meetings where you know people don't have their cameras on, so you don't always know. But that's true. By the way, I suppose I was not really keeping an eye on the time, but I suppose we should probably mention that Monday. Of course, who knows when we post this? But we're talking on Saturday night. Monday, of course, is. 22 years since 9-11. How bizarre is that? That is so crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. It really is weird to think. It's also it's also weird to think how strange our country has become over the past twenty two years. But yeah, twenty two years. Yeah, and our um, youngest will be twenty two in November, and I was pregnant yeah. with her when that happened. Yeah, um, that's right. So that. Um, yeah, that whole thing is just crazy. And now that you see all the children who were uh, lost parents, uh, aunts, uncles, things that are all grown up now, right. that also is weird because right. um, you just think of them as like so tiny. Um, yeah. A lot of them were. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird. You know, it was it was obviously kind of a scary time and everything like that, but um, not to be political or whatever. Of course, we are sometimes, yeah. so I guess that's okay. It's but our podcast. It does make me think about, uh, you know, so many missed opportunities. We could have done so many things better in the aftermath of um, 9-11. We could have, you know, capitalized on this sort of huge outpouring of empathy from around the world and tried to, you know, do better at promoting peace around the world and instead we've just kind of gotten in one war after another and it isn't even just that though it's like now it just is like anytime people feel like there's an excuse to bomb some place they're like well then we then we, we gotta bomb that place yeah, you know let's it's do like, it it seems like of course you know I mean a lot of people had the same criticism of Vietnam but it seems like the rules got about you know when you use military force and when you don't just got increasingly blurred over the years going back to vietnam maybe even going back to like korea vietnam um you know some of the bizarre things that happened under reagan like invading grenada and uh, panama and stuff like that i mean you know whatever but it just got it just got to be we just seem to have the mindset and this, I guess, accelerated after 9-11 of, you know, whenever somebody makes us mad, we can just bomb them. So anyway, um, there's Which a lot of... Which isn't good. No, it's not good. So there's just a lot of... Um, I feel like there's just a lot of missed opportunities. You know, with all the flag-waving and everything um, after that experience, that's the other thing is that people are in the United States are so much less unified than we pretended to be in the short term after 9-11 and it's not just we're less unified it's just like there's just these constant attacks on on every group that doesn't that's not straight white and male it seems I mean honestly you know so I don't know it's crazy we got we got the apartheid baby you know threatening to sue the anti-defamation league claiming that the ADL um, somehow or another caused Twitter to lose revenue or whatever, but he's just doing it as a cover for anti-Semites, you know? And the rise in anti-Semitism, which, I mean, we saw this before anyway. This isn't brand new. I mean, obviously, anti-Semitism isn't brand new, but I mean, the rise in anti-Semitism like in social media that has been going on for some time, but things quiet down and then it's just exploded again, you know, and it's, it's, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence 
that you first, you know, we saw people attacking the queer community and trans people in particular, followed very, very quickly by people going after Jewish people, you know, and I, you know, I just feel like um, we're, we're sitting here watching a sequel to a movie that never, no one liked in the first place. Yeah, that is you so know. true. Um, so what else, I was going to say something and now I totally forgot. I'm sorry, I talked too much. No, you didn't. Uh, I just let, laugh when you call him apartheid baby. <laughs> He's like, he is just increasingly the worst person on the planet. I didn't even open it because they had a picture of him with whoever he's married to now with toddler twins. And it says uh, a peek into his um, life, you know, and I was like, okay, you already disowned one because they're trans. You yeah. have many children with many people who you don't have contact with. And the picture is him sitting and his child is on his lap and his arms are just to the side. So it's not even like holding his baby right. and everything. And it's just like, yeah. why do you even pretend that this person is even remotely caring uh, family man when he is obviously not? Yeah. Yeah, he's a psychotic. I mean, I really think he is. I think there's something deeply wrong with him. And unfortunately... You know, we're, we're just learning now about how he refused to let uh, Ukraine have access to Starlink, whatever, you know, this satellite network communications thing, uh, because um, they wanted to uh, go after the Russian Navy uh, with, I guess, a, a drone attack on the Russian Navy. So he's making decisions about, you know, military policy, not even for the country that he lives in, but for another country that's, you know, under attack. And, you know, how many innocent Ukrainian people died after that, after Ukraine was not able to carry out this attack on the Russian Navy? How yeah. many people, how many innocent Ukrainians did the Russian Navy kill after that? You know, but, but regardless, his rationale is, oh, I didn't want to escalate a war. You know, the war needs to come to an end. I didn't want to escalate it. Whatever. First of all, I don't think, you know, I, there's nothing altruistic about this guy, and I don't believe for a, a, a second he actually thought of it that way. I think he probably looked at it as, well, you know, I, I'm better off um, making the Russians happy because I'll make more money in the long term if Putin thinks I'm on his side. So I doubt for one second it had anything to do with being sort of anti-war. But regardless, no private person should have that kind of power. Um, you know, that's a whole different story. Yeah, but. that's a whole that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, yeah. he's insane, and I can't stand him. <laughs> I can't either. I can't either. By the way, uh, 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 speaking of people who can't be stood, <laughs> that's a way to put it. Trump apparently went to the Iowa Iowa State uh, game today, and there's a lot of pictures of people giving him the finger as he's looking out the window. As he's looking out the window. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> and I don't even know who won. I don't even know who won the game. That's funny. But uh, I um, my guess is Iowa because I was pretty good. Yeah. But, but um, uh, we that's unfortunate because not only did you go there and your brother, but um, our we have a sister-in-law who also um, went there and is from the state of Iowa and so on and so forth. So. Yeah, Iowa won 20 to 13. Well, so. it's not, I mean, that's it's not, not bad. Blowout. Yeah. Um, but there, that's always a big rival, obviously. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we kind of were all over the place there. I don't, we were. I don't know. 
we will um, piece together the notes. <laughs> well, uh, maybe. Yeah, we maybe. Might. Maybe. Uh, but we sure thank you for listening to us. And if you enjoyed our conversation about anything we talked about, um, leave a comment. Uh, if you want to know anything more about us, just leave a comment too. No, I don't think anybody wants to know anything about us, do they? You, maybe. You maybe. just never know. Maybe. All right. We will talk to you next time. All righty.